Hi there. I'm Scott Green, director of the Teaching and Learning Center, and welcome to the Darlington Podcast. Today I'm here with learning specialists Justin Bruce and Kristen Bell. We're going to share with you some helpful strategies and tips related to organization, time management, and studying. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more. Thank you for joining us, Justin and Kristen. Thank Thank you you for having us. What I'd like to do is start out with a question, just kind of overarching question about organization and things like that. Now, many of the students we work with in the Learning Center, both in middle school and the high school, uh, have challenges with executive function issues. The whole being able to plan their workout, prioritize what should come first, and just general organization um, with their materials and with their time. Um, So if you would, just explain a little bit about the Learning Center the role of the learning specialist and how the tips we share today will be transferable to students, whether they're served directly or not. So Justin, you want to start off with just kind of overview of the the learning center in the upper school? Sure. So so the upper school students have uh, all kinds of different classes, which is different than what I've learned about the students in the middle school, where eighth graders have the same classes, seventh graders have the same classes. Um, but our high schoolers are in all kinds of different classes. So um, as we look at their coursework pages, we see um, assignments from every class, different teachers across the spectrum. And one thing that we do uh, in the upper school with our coursework page is use that as the launching point of our organization. So every day when I'm meeting with my students, the first thing we do is look at the coursework page, look at the assignments, the ones that are uh, currently do, the ones that are coming uh, coming up do, and what do we have in the next week or so. Um, so we, we use the coursework page to start the conversation of what do we need to be working on, what do we need to be looking forward to, and how do we use our time best to manage all of those classes. So the coursework page is a great addition. That's something that's relatively new to Darlington. Um, but it's one of those things that helps us begin to have the conversation, like you said, with students about how to plan their day out, their week out, even two weeks in advance. Um, so if you're looking at that with them every day, that gets them in the habit of being able to see not just what's due tomorrow, but what's due end of this week, next week, and start thinking ahead. And the thing I love about our coursework page is it's so easy to... Well, the way it's laid out is when you have an assignment uh, and you complete that assignment, you just click complete and it shows you that it's been completed. So as we sit down and look at what our day and our week looks like, um, we can take out of our brains the things that we've already done and and open up that space to focus on what we need to do coming up. So if we didn't didn't have that ability to clear out the cash, um, it would look like a very overwhelming uh, list of assignments, but since the coursework page allows us to kind of clear those out as we complete them, it helps us to be able to see, wow, we really only have like two things to do today. And that's so helpful for our students who have organizational or executive function issues because a lot, a lot of times their schoolwork just seems overwhelming. They don't really know where to start. This way you can pare it down to what the most important things are and help them get past that overwhelmed feeling. Right. Um, Kristen, I know you guys use this coursework page too. You want to talk a little bit about how you use it in the middle school? Yeah, so at the middle school, um, I really want to help prepare them so that when they get to high school that they have a better understanding of how to use the coursework page. So starting as early as our sixth graders who are really for the first time starting to use the coursework page, we spend the first few weeks 
going through step by step, opening the coursework page, looking at the classes, looking at the assignments, you know, how to read and understand the course page. Um, and even seventh and eighth grade that haven't been in school for, you know, through the summer, going back and reviewing, you know, the course page with them as well. Um, one thing that has that really helps with our kids down in the middle school is as far as time management is having them uh, use this a Stickies Note app that is on the computer to put their assignments on. And they use that Stickies so that they have an even and odd day assignments on there that really help them decipher what, what is gonna be due and what needs to be turned in. And so trying to get the students, sixth, seventh, and eighth, in that habit of using the Stickies along with their course page is something I really focus on and it takes a good part of the year, even for those that are veterans that are seventh and eighth graders that have been there. Well, that's what I think I was going to ask both of you about, about planners. And one of the things we do with a lot of our students to help them organize is to use a planner of some sort to write down the assignments for each day. So now you touched on the sticky notes. Those are things that go on the student's uh, desktop on their computer. Do you see that some students prefer that over a physical planner? You know, middle schoolers are, can be so discombobulated anyway, and so the great thing about the stickies using for a planner versus a um, book planner is the stickies are on their computer. And just like with their phones, they're not going anywhere without the telephones. They usually don't leave school without their computers. They may forget the notebooks and the, you know, papers and those kind of things, but it's just a place for them to always have and as a go-to, and it's a great help for parents to be able to open their computers and see what their child has due for that night as well. So um, I really push the stickies versus the paper planner. I still have a few students who like writing it down, um, but for the most part, they have been very reciprocal to taking the, um, taking the stickies as a part of writing their, their work down each day. So Justin, what about you in the high school? It's the same exact thing. You know, I grew up doing a planner. Uh, our teachers required us to have planners, uh, and it, it became a, a method that really, really helped me. But as technology has um, uncovered this ability to put everything you need on the, on the screen right in front of your face at all times, I feel like a lot of our students take advantage of that. And so it's one thing that I've tried to adapt with the Learning Center and the upper school is having my students write down what their what their plans are on sticky notes because uh, they're so easily customizable and you can you can easily change and delete what you need to delete and add what you need to add. I do have a couple of students that want to still write stuff down, which is hard to say. Uh, it's hard to beat the good old fashioned written down planner, but um, the next best thing I would say was have something that you're going to be able to access quickly and easily. Um, and that's what the sticky notes do for us in upper school. Well, and one of the things you know, I grew up, we, we preached using a planner for all our students, even up through high school, some schools I worked out, they've had to have a planner, they had to write all their assignments down on a daily basis. But what we saw with a lot of our kids who struggled with executive function is they would then lose it. So then you have nothing. So now they're not going to lose their phone, they're not going to lose their laptop, so it's at least always with them. Right. Um, so anything that we can you know, have them using already, and then just add to it the fact that we can put some organization tools on there, it makes a huge difference. Justin, would you touch just a little bit on the upper school uh, curriculum that you teach for study skills? Yeah, so we, we start off the year um, talking about different ways to take notes. Um, we transition into assistive technology, we talk about study habits, we talk about how to organize essays, and um, one of the things that we talk about with our study habits is uh, this idea of the levels of studying. 
And uh, we kind of coined this phrase, the four levels of studying. And, and you want to come in, and uh, the goal is for our students to be level four uh, studiers. And so um, you may ask what the levels are. Well, the levels uh, start off with zero, which is you walk into class and did not have a clue that you were even having a test. That'd be a level zero. That's what we, that's what we do not want. And uh, I share with the students that that happened to me on occasion uh, when I was in college, and it was a terrible feeling. You should avoid it at all costs. Um, level one is when you look over your notes, okay? So you look over your notes, um, that's fine and good, but it's probably gonna help you next to none when it comes to actually being able to remember uh, your, your stuff for the test. Level two uh, gets into, we're starting to write some stuff, we're starting to underline and highlight, which is a little more active. And so level two is a little bit better. Level three and level four is really where we want our students to be. Level three is when we're rewriting notes and we're summarizing our notes. But level four is when we summarize our notes and also come up with questions that we can take into our teachers for office hours. I'm telling you, if you are a student who rewrites notes and comes up with your own questions and takes those questions into your teacher, during office hours, you are level four, and I guarantee you're gonna uh, perform well in the assessment. So what we saw in the Learning Center in the upper school several years ago was that a lot of teachers assumed that students had certain skills that they did not have. So we put in place a curriculum of explicitly teaching study skills. So we started out the very first week on how to access your eBooks because many of our students felt overwhelmed trying to access their eBook, remembering passwords and things like that moved into, like Justin said, how to take notes. So we explicitly teach them different methods of taking notes. And then we ask them just to try them in their classes. Um, from there, we go into test prep and all the other things that Justin mentioned. But what we found is during the course of the year, after you've gone through the entire year of curriculum, these are skills, whether you're practicing them daily now or not, they're in your mind and they're in the back of your mind. And that's something you'll take with you. So when you transition to college, you may be in a class and oh, I remember Mr. Bruce said that the four levels of studying, and I want to try to be a level three or four student. That is our goal, that these kids are independent workers and they can go off to college with the skills necessary to be successful. Um, Kristen, I wanted to ask you about the rotating schedule. For kids who struggle to stay organized and be able to plan their day out and things like that, now we're throwing them into a rotating schedule where they don't have the same classes every day. What kind of challenges is that presented for you guys? For our uh, upcoming sixth graders who have always had maybe two or three teachers rotating just back and forth through the hallway, um, coming up to middle school is a big transition for them. Uh, one thing we do and we do for all of our sixth graders um, is they get two schedules. They put one in their uh, note, front of their notebook, they put one in their locker for the first few days. Our middle school teachers do a great job with our sixth graders and new students coming into um, Darlington with really going over and uh, helping them with getting to their classes for that first week or two. Believe it or not, they does not take long for the students to really get a grasp on the even odd day schedule, but it is coming into it. It is a big transition because now they're up to seven or eight teachers, um, you know, within a two day period. But having the schedules in two places where it's visible has really helped them. Um, I have found though that especially our sixth graders that are on this new schedule love the rotating schedule. They love having the even odd day where they don't have the same classes every day. And that has really been a huge benefit um, over at the middle school, I feel like. What about getting their homework done? 
Um, because it's always been a question, do you do your homework the day it's assigned? Do you do it the night before it's due? What do you tell your students? Right, so I really push the day you have the class is the day you need to do the homework. While it's fresh on your mind, while it's, you know, you still remember what you did in class that day and not to wait because they do have two days in between classes. But so many times I've seen, especially eighth graders that are just getting comfortable in, you know, knowing what they have to do, waiting ends up sometimes you know, forgetting is what that turns into. So I really push the day you have the class, you do the homework, get it finished with, and you can mark it off the list. And just what about you? Do you see any challenges with kids in the upper school with the even odd day schedule? Well, sure. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm a, uh, a procrastinator, just like half of, the, of our students here. And so it's, it, it's very easy for me to say, oh, you know, I get this assignment Monday. It's not due till Wednesday, so I'll just do it Tuesday. And it's really the it's really the worst way to do it, and, and I, I'm as guilty. And so I try I try to you know change my ways as I'm trying to change the students' ways. But the thing that happens and it happens it happens every week is a student can get away with that sometimes because maybe the class they have the work due is at the end of the day, and so okay, so they waited the last minute, but they still have office hours, they still have a free period possibly. If it's Wednesday and it's club day, maybe they still have a club time that they can do it. But on the, on the day where they roll in and that assignment is due at 8 a.m. and they didn't start it until the night before and they realized they had a lot of questions about it, it makes us realize, man, we should have done this the day it was given so that we could have asked these questions the next day during office hours and then been able to turn it in um, the day it's due. So um, it's, it's an ongoing battle. Um, it's, it's certainly the best way is if it's, I say if it's given tonight, do it tonight or at least attempt it tonight so that we can ask any questions that we need for tomorrow. Well, you, you also touched on office hours and free periods. That's something that's new for a lot of our students. They come up from the middle school, they've never had a free period. So what kind of challenges does that present with some of our, our students? Well, I, t I tell our, uh, my freshman advisees, I say, um, you know, for, for you guys who are going over to the Huffman and shooting basketball during office hours, you are on the radar, I can assure you, uh, because it, it is hard to try to figure out how to use that free time wise, you know, wisely. Um, but with a little bit of guidance, I think the students start to realize, man, it really is worth my time to just during my office hours or doing my, during my free period, let me spend 20 to 30 minutes knocking this assignment out so that I'm not stressed tonight, especially if they're athletes and we've got practice or games in the evenings. Uh, it's just an absolute essential that we get work done during the day when we have the time. And Kristen, I've seen you in action down there with the middle schoolers. They are 100% focused the entire time, geared towards getting their homework done during learning center as much as possible. They do, they really work hard in there. Um, they haven't been in school quite as long sometimes, so they're still eager to get, to get things done. Um, but our study hall, which is kind of um, like the upper school's office hours, is very beneficial for us at the middle school. And I really try to start helping those students to start advocating for themselves, going to their teachers when they need help during that study hall time, finishing work, asking the questions before a test, those kind of things so that when they do get to the upper school, they are better prepared and equipped to, to speak to teachers. Well, yeah, I think you just answered the last question I was going to ask you about how do you prepare kids to get ready for that transition to high school. Being a self-advocate is a huge part of that. Um, are there other things that you do to make sure your eighth graders are ready for what they're gonna see when they get to ninth grade? You know, as sixth and seventh graders, I spend a lot of time trying to help them and, and prep them for assignments that they have coming up in need. By the time they get to eighth grade, I kind of back off 
and they start telling me what they have and what they need. And so um, I want them to be self-efficient. I want them to be able to advocate for themselves and not be so dependent on, on me, you know, being there for them and, and helping them along the way. So I really see my eighth graders, especially after Christmas, really grow and mature and, and see that self-independence that they start to take, take over themselves. And it's, it's awesome so that when they get up, up to the upper school, they have a little more confidence than they had when, then when they came into middle school learning some of those tools to be able to um, self-advocate for themselves. And Justin, what about the kids who are approaching graduation? What are some of the kind of things that you guys stress to make sure they're ready for that next level? Sure, well it's the same thing Christian was saying, you know, advocating for themselves. As freshmen and sophomores, um, I have no problem being very much attached to the hip if need be to, to help figure out when and how we should communicate with teachers. Uh, but as we get into the junior years, and especially the senior years, I, I was telling a student the other day, I said, when you get to college, you're not gonna have any professors hunting you down for assignments. No, nobody's gonna call you or email you, want to know where, you know, why you didn't turn this in. Um, so you have got to, at this point, learn when you need to ask for help and, and who you need to go to for that help. Um, so like as a freshman, uh, a lot of times I'm spending time teaching them and walking with them, crafting emails to teachers. But as seniors, I expect those guys to not only know how to write the email, but when uh, to send that email. Um, and usually not, you know, two weeks late or the day before they should have, uh, they, they need the information. Um, so it's, it's very, very much like Christian said, uh, close freshmen, sophomores, juniors and seniors starting to back off so, so they can start to learn how to advocate for themselves uh, because that's what they're going to need to do when they get to college. So, so can you talk just a second about what that last semester of senior year looks like as far as getting them ready to transition to their college? Right. So, and this is a, this is actually really cool, really cool for us to see how these seniors handle that time of the year versus how they may have been as freshmen, because we want our students to, uh, we want them to completely on their own communicate with their colleges. We want them uh, calling the uh, student support groups there and um, our academic support. Um, the programs, finding out what paperwork they need, what sort of applications they need to turn in for, how do they apply for certain uh, accommodations. We want them to take care of all that on their own. So it's really cool to see uh, our students who may have had a lot of issues as freshmen and sophomores staying organized and knowing how to communicate, now calling colleges and talking to administrators of different departments and finding out what they need and then being able to come back to us and letting us know what they need and then sending it off and, um, and being able to, to do that on their own is, is a really cool thing for them to, to watch them do that last semester. Uh, one of our main goals in the Learning Center and both middle and upper school is to make sure kids learn to be independent. We know that some of our students with executive function issues, it's a, it's a tough struggle for those guys. It's harder for them for, than the average student. So our goal is to make sure by the time they leave here, that they're independent, that they're advocating for themselves, that they're doing the things that make them good students. Uh, school may be very difficult for them, but if they're hard workers and they learn how to be a student, we found that the, the success rate in college is, is very high. Well, I thank you very much, Justin and Kristen, for being on today's podcast. We're glad that you tuned into this episode of the Darlington Podcast. Tune in each week wherever you like to listen to podcasts and don't forget to subscribe. You can check out today's show notes at darlingtonschool.org slash podcast. If you have any questions about today's program or ideas for future episodes, send an email to communications at darlingtonschool.org.
The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the communication, advancement, and IT teams, and the intro music is student-produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.darlingtonschool.org podcast.